Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. Danny Cannell. Back to throw versus Danny. Beat this tight end. And Raja Bell. Bell has done 3-3. 22 to Raja. Saw the future of football right before your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. Welcome to another episode of Off the Bench with Cannell and Bell. Um, we're back with the non-video component today. We're pod in, so I've got Hannah and Debo uh, in studio. Welcome back, guys. Exciting to have you in here. But football's back in swing, so we, uh, we're gonna bring in our own Evan Washburn. Um, Evan's a reporter and analyst for CBS Sports. You can follow him at, at Evan Washburn on Twitter. Um, and he's doing a tour of the training camps right now. So Evan, let's just hop right into it, man. Uh, preseason kicks off tonight, uh, with the Hall of Fame game, the Bears versus the Ravens. How many quarters will you watch, I guess, and do you think we'll get the full <laughs> Lamar Jackson experience? Oh, that's a great question. We're traveling tonight down to Philly uh, for the next stop on the tour. So I'm sure I'll catch some of the game at the airport and maybe the back end when I get to the hotel. But uh, this is uh, – I consider those games work to watch. And I'll probably watch a little bit more of that, that Ravens game because I actually do their preseason games based out of Baltimore. And, uh, look, the Lamar Jackson thing is, is fascinating. I feel like it's it's building a bit quicker than I think the reality will show in terms of how much of an impact he'll have in year one if Joe is healthy and effective. I equate it more to what we saw last year in Kansas City with Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes. I think that's kind of the maybe the ideal plan uh, for the, the Ravens organization. Um, but, look, he's going to light it up in the preseason because it's the perfect environment for him. Defenses are very vanilla and he'll be able to escape a lot of these uh, these pass rushes and make some eye-popping plays. So it, it'll probably start tonight in some small sample size. So I'm interested in that. I'm going to go off the rails just a little bit. I, um, while you're there, the relationship between like Flacco, uh, Lamar, Robert Griffin, and Lamar, uh, are, are one or both of those guys kind of taking them under their wing, or is that like a true wide-open competition where guys are like fending for themselves? I wouldn't call it a wide-open competition. Look, Joe's the, the quarterback. He's the starter. He's the established vet. He's won a Super Bowl in that town. RG3's just grasping at a chance to make a roster or just put good tape on – film over the next few weeks so that if the Ravens decide to just keep two quarterbacks, then he's done something to show that he's valuable to another team in the league. I would say that Joe is probably offering Lamar as much as Lamar asks. Uh, I don't um, envision an environment that is completely like, hey, they're best friends, let's go get beers together, that sort of thing. Part of that's because, look, Joe's 33 and Lamar's 22. I mean, you're in different life spots. He's got five kids. Lamar's, you know, just out of college. Uh, So in terms of the dynamics of friendship, who knows? But I I look at that more like established vet that's there to offer help if he needs it. And then RG3 is just doing anything you can to stay on the roster. I can dig it. Um, so look, you, you were just talking before we came on. You're in New England again today. Um, that organization is typically pretty secretive, kind of starting at the top. Uh, were you able to learn anything over the last two days there? What's the mood like entering 2018? Uh, Raja, it, it's interesting. I always come into my visits to New England, whether it's preseason, during the year, uh, expectations low on, on anything that you're going to learn based off of what you said. Yes, they're very uh, secretive and, and just kind of close to the vest on stuff. But but what I'm struck by in my time here yesterday and, and into today is that despite just all the noise around this team in the off season and every little thing uh, blown into a big story, whether it's Tom walking off the podium after a question doesn't like, or is Rob Gronkowski going to retire? 
you could have put me in a training camp that I was here two years ago and it'd be the exact same. I mean, once the football stuff starts, the practice, the pads, that then this team is exactly the same every year. And now the real concern only becomes who's going to be catching passes from Tom, not whether or not he and Bill are talking or having a great relationship or whatever that is. This is a place built on uneasiness. They like that sort of environment. That's why all that was discussed last year, while I'm sure there was some reality to it, to me was a bit overblown because all my experiences in New England have been uneasy for everyone involved. So it, it just seems like status quo. And on the field, they look a lot like they looked at the beginning or at this point last year. So that, that, that's kind of where I come down on it all. So, I, I mean, to the point, who is going to be the guy? Like every year there's a guy in New England that they like Tom Brady makes a receiver. Like who's going to be the guy yeah. this year that, that, that uh, he makes? Well, look, there's a lot of names floating around. The one that so- seems to make some sense to me is Philip Dorsett. Um, you guys are in South Florida. Uh, yeah. He's obviously a guy out of Miami that a lot of people know. He was his first-round pick in 2015 based mostly off of his speed. And then he went to the Colts, didn't do much, had, had some flashes. He was part of that Jacoby Brissett trade at the end of training camp last year. And if you come to New England and you haven't had an offseason to – Get the trust of Tom, learn Josh McDaniel's playbook and the nuances of it. You're gonna you're gonna drown, and that's really what happened to Philip Dorsett. But a full off season has put him in a position, and now with Edelman out for the first four games, they get rid of Brandon Cooks. He's got a shot here to have a big impact early in the season, and he's shown that he has the athletic ability. So he's a guy that makes some sense to me as as somebody to keep our eye on that could have that jump in production based off of who his quarterback is. Uh, it's dope. I'm always cheering for a Miami product, so hopefully you're <laughs> right on that. But let's keep it kind of in the in the Bill Belichick like family tree. Matt Patricia has been noted for bringing a real physical mentality to Detroit's training camp. Um, give us a scale. Like, what, what are your most physical camps that you've been to, and what are like, the least physical camps that you've been to? Uh, I haven't been to Detroit, so I keep that in mind. But it's tough for me to imagine anybody has more physical camp than the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're out in Latrobe. It's old school, man. They're at a school. The guys are living in dorms. Mike Tomlin loves physical football, and they tackle to the ground other than quarterbacks for for large portions of practice when they're in full pads, and they go long. I mean, we're talking two and a half hours, afternoon heat in western Pennsylvania, and it's always jarring to me because, yes, you do go to some of these other camps, and they're challenging, they're grueling, but they're, uh, I would say, trimmer in terms of uh, the amount of time they're spent uh, banging into each other. I mean, I was in Buffalo the next day, and while they were in full pads and they were thudding a little bit, the practice was a little under two hours. So this is all personal preference by the coach, and I'm sure there are drawbacks. The Pittsburgh Steelers at times are a bit beat up, but there's no doubt that's got to be in the top five. So let's keep it there. We had the uh, conversation that you had with Mike Tomlin the other day where he expressed his wants for – for uh, Le'Veon Bell coming back into camp uh, a little bit sooner and better in condition. Like, how confident are you, uh, and for that matter, how confident is, is, is Mike Tomlin that those two things might happen? I uh, See, I, I, I think, look, I, I, it was almost one of those things, and you've been there before, where in the moment he says that, and I, I didn't pay that much attention to it. And then after watching it back, I could see how it was kind of taken as a bit of a shot or – something that could be could be construed as, as criticism. 
I, I read it more in the moment and still do that. Look, he believes that he wants Le'Veon there today and in fantastic shape so they can get to work and avoid any growing pains that come with arriving the week before week one. But the relationship between Tomlin and Bell is so solidified. And I, I took and then afterwards, and I think I said this at some point in some report where it was that he has the confidence that he's going to get the Bell that's the all-pro back um, when he comes back, whenever that is. He's just uh, the coach in him. And Tomlin's demeanor is always a bit fun. Like, he doesn't mind poking fun or, or kind of ribbing some of his guys, the ones that he's confident with that he'd love to have him right now. And if he's going to be in better shape, that's even better. So that, that's kind of how I see it. But the reality is if he comes back in week one like he did last year, he's not going to be ready to go and, and have the massive impact. It's going to take a few weeks. And uh, that's just something the Steelers have to plan for. And they hope that they have a little bit more depth at that position this year to help sustain um, what would be kind of an easing into in 2018. Uh, let's talk about his quarterback then, Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, Two-part question. How slim was Ben in real life? Uh, and then secondly, of those <laughs> quarterbacks in and around his age, the 04, uh, drafted 04 earlier, obviously you have Brady in that mix, but who do you think's got the most left in the tank aside from, from maybe Tom? Uh, Raja, he was very slim. I could tell <laughs> that he was, he could fit into one of the, maybe the suits you and I, uh, would wear on set at some point. Uh, no, I mean, he looked good. And, uh, it, it was, it was good to see him smiling and, and, and kind of with a new uh, uh, sort of vigor about football and life, because obviously the last few years he seemed to be a, a bit beat down by the uh, the physicality and the process of it all. Uh, in terms of left in the tank, I mean, I got asked this question about Tom yesterday, and, and it's just hard for me to argue against him. Now, he's older than these guys. I think Ben's 36 maybe. So, I mean, he's way behind Aaron's in that department. Uh, like, I think – Ben is, would probably be lower on my list just because of his back-and-forth nature about football. Um, Tom and Aaron seem completely all-in, and uh, and then you have Eli in the mix, too, and, and he seems to have a bit of a, re- a renowned energy based off the new coach and everything. So it, there's no one that's really jumping out of the oof, this could be year-to-year year with this guy. So uh, I would say Ben, though, just because he said it before, has to probably be put uh, atop that list of you're just never sure what you're going to get after a year. I hear you. All right, so that's great info. I'm going to get to one more a little quicker with just a little bit of fun, I guess, attached to it. So you're traveling around <laughs> all July and August. You're gaining all these frequent flyer miles. You're, you're driving all around the country. You got any traveling tips for us and in, in the, off the bench with Canel and Bell listeners? Yeah, uh, I mean, for the most part, turn your brain off. That would be my uh, – if you're going to an airport in – the summer and the late afternoon and expecting it to go smoothly, then you're going to be uh, grossly disappointed. So that, that's kind of an overarching theme to travel right now. Uh, if you can drive it, it's probably the way to go. And, and look, man, and this isn't, it's not a plug just for you guys. It's for everybody in the business podcast. Get me through it. I, I'll tell you, like when you're sitting in an airport delayed, you just pop in a, a good podcast and, and you're ready to roll and, and your brain kind of goes to a different area. So that, that's really been my um, remedy to some already some, some nasty travel. So uh, it, it's all for fun, though. You kind of look at this like the players do, where they're grinding each day. And if you're going to cover this league, there's a badge of honor um, to have made it to as many camps as you can in the month of August. Because once the season starts, it, it becomes pretty easy to cover the NFL in terms of travel because there's just one game a week. 
Man, I hear you. That was great stuff, Evan. We want to thank you for coming on. Again, Evan's a reporter and analyst for CBS Sports. Um, you can follow him on Twitter, at Evan Washburn. He's doing the training camp tour around the NFL right now. Dude, great stuff. Safe travels. We'll talk to you later. Yeah, man. Good to talk to you. See you guys later. Now it's time for Read and React. So I'm going to read this headline from CBSSports.com, and Raja, you are going to react to it. So first things first, Ohio State places Urban Meyer on administrative leave. Um, this is a mess. Um, I guess this is in response to the Brett McMurphy report uh, that Ohio State coach knew about the domestic violence incident involving his former wide receivers coach Zach Smith and his wife. Uh, he didn't act or remove Smith uh, from the program prior to the offseason. Only once the report surfaced this year, I believe it was, um, did he have a reaction. This is just, you know, it's a shame. Like, again, I want to say allegedly, um, but where there's smoke, in my opinion, there's usually fire. I do not believe for one second that all of this was happening around Urban Meyer. His other coaches knew. His wife, Shelly, knew. Um, and there's evidence of that with text messages uh, with, the, with the young lady. Um, I, I failed to believe that everyone except Urban Meyer knew. He's a detailed guy. Like, he runs his program like that. He seems to have this obsessive uh, type of personality, which is good in coaches. Um, you have to be dialed into every single thing uh, to really be one of the best. That's why Nick Saban is so good at what he does. It's right. why guys like Greg Popovich are great at what they do. They're just into it like that. And so for that reason, you you can't have me believe that everyone around your program knew this, and you didn't. And you do have a responsibility, not just socially and, and for 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 justice sake. I mean – the lady's getting beaten. Like mm -hmm. you should be telling someone about that, but you contractually were obligated to say something to the university because of the uh, code of conduct issued by the university. So on so many levels, he's in a whole lot of hot water. And I would imagine when push comes to shove, Urban Meyer is going to lose his job over this. We don't have Danny here, but we have the benefit of his Twitter. Last night he tweeted, <laughs> Urban Meyer may have committed the cardinal sin. Our society is very forgiving if you own up and apologize, but lying and not accepting mm -hmm. any responsibility is the worst thing one can do. Ohio State has a tough decision to make because of it. Well, it's not a tough decision to make. They, they fired their last coach. Urban's got the job now because Jim Trestle was fired when in 06 over some – like he lied about the most trivial thing. Guys getting tattoos at a tattoo parlor uh, and he knew about it. I mean not trivial because, again, those are those are benefits that, that athletes aren't supposed to be getting by the right. letter of the law. But if you just come out and you say, look, man, I knew that they were getting the tattoos. I messed up. Like there will be some infractions. Like I mean not some infractions. There will be some like levied – sanctions against your team but i don't know mm -hmm. that you lose your job if you're jim trestle over that and he did and that's how urban got into the spot so if you're going to be lying about something with the with with of this magnitude like i think you forced their hand i don't know what ohio state can do and he's one of the best coaches in college football um and it sucks you should just come out you should have done the right thing off the bat if this is true which was protect the young lady um and then secondly, you know, protect the university and your program from from these type of ramifications because you lied about it. Hard to imagine that Trestle situation was only six years ago. That was 2012. 2012. Ooh, Jeez Louise. That is crazy. All right, moving on to another headline. Nationals cut reliever Sean Kelly after mound tantrum. So, Raja, did you see this this temper tantrum? Um, yeah, I saw the dude throw his glove. It wasn't it wasn't a huge temper tantrum. I know. When I was reading this, I was I was like, okay, this is going to be a big one. He really just threw. Yeah, his, what did you expect? I, I don't know, like a a child. <laughs> <laughs> he was going to stomping his feet and like yeah, like throwing his you know on his stomach, just throwing a temper tantrum on the mound. So, what are your thoughts on this one, Raja? Uh, this was in the game they lost twenty five to four, right? 
No, they won. Oh, they he was won just it. Twenty five. Mad. He yeah. came in to close a game that was so out of reach, and he allowed a home run in three. Oh, I'm runs. tripping. When I saw that, I thought he was on the losing team. Okay, so yeah. So this is what this is. I mean, this is exactly what this is. He's there was some kind of exchange in that dugout to where he said, "Look, dude, I'm not, I'm not going in the game," mm-hmm. and they forced him to go in the game, <laughs> and he was cut at that point. Because you come out and you get rocked for three runs in a game where they had had one run up to that point and you scored 25, then you don't have your stuff, right? Like, I'm this is deep dive into that. Hannah comes to me, hey, Raj, you got to go in this game. I'm like, I'm not going in this damn game. It's 25 to 1. She's like, listen, I pay your bills. You can go in that goddamn game. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, I'm going to go in the goddamn game. I go in the game. I don't want to be there. I get rocked for three runs. Then I throw my glove, and I'm cut. at As soon as I go in the game and make a mess out of it, and mm-hmm. I'm cut. So the tantrum had very little to do with it. It was the exchange that he probably had with – with management about going in the game in the first place. I do love what manager Mike Rizzo said afterwards. He said, you're either in or you're in the way. He was in the way. And then he called him slamming his glove disrespectful and selfish. The, this, you know, Is it selfish? Mike Rizzo, let me ask you a question. Did he have to go in the game? Yeah. I mean, yeah. they needed someone to pitch. <laughs> Someone's got to pitch. Like, I mean, I guess, bro. This was – there's – I'd like to know the backstory. Those two have beef. Same. That's, same I'm saying it right backstory. now. Those two have beef. There's beef there There's before this. At what point in your career would you be, I guess, upset? Say your team is up 40, down 40, and you're thrown in for, for garbage time the last two minutes of the game. Is there ever a point in your career where you yes. would react to that? Yeah, there was a point later in my career. But, again, this all has to do with the relationship between your coach, your organization, and the player. Like, as an older player, if I felt like you were my guy as a coach and I knew – it was my time to be coming off the bench and filling in those minutes. That was fine. But like, uh, for instance, in my situation, come down to the end and saying, I mean, in, uh, in Utah, when I knew that, that, um, whatever his name is, uh, didn't really get down <laughs> with me and we were sideways when he tried to throw me in like that, like I was like, nah, man, I don't want to, I don't want to go in the game. I would still go in, but I didn't really love it at that point. But that was because our relationship was kind of fractured. Now on to our last read and react for the day. Again, these headlines come directly from CBSSports.com. This one says, Adam Jones explains why he nixed the trade to the Phillies. So instead of joining a contender, Jones blocked a deal that kept him with the worst team in baseball. Here's what he had to say. He said, quote, well, here's the thing about society. Everyone thinks that they know what's best for the next person. Now, if someone wants to pay all my bills, trust me, they can tell me what to do. But until then... Shut the heck up. When players walked out years ago and walked the picket lines and did all that stuff, they did that for reasons like right now. I earned this. It's my decision. I don't have to explain it to nobody. Yeah. Um, Good for you, Adam Jones. Like, I get it. Um, So there's a rule in effect apparently in the Major League League Baseball where uh, players with 10 years of experience or more, if they've been with their team for five years, uh, they have the right to refuse the trade. So he's fully within his rights to do that. Uh, I think it's funny though that like when, when players start chasing championships and they only want to go to winning situations or they force management's team to go to a winning situation, you know, everybody condemns them for that. Like they're chasing championships. Like you got to stick here, you know, through the lean years too. Like why you only play on a winner. And then here's a guy who's like, look, I, I don't care that we're 33 and 75. Like I've been here for 11 years. Um, I'm on the top. You know, of the record books for this, this, that, and that. I identify with Baltimore. Like, who's to say, you know, whether he's got businesses set up there, whether his kids or his family are in situations that he doesn't want to pull them out of. Like, all of those things factor into a guy's decision uh, to stay. And so I'm cool with Adam Jones saying that he doesn't want to play for the Phillies. Who's to say that Philly's a better situation from Adam Jones, better than Adam Jones? Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of with Adam. Like, you got to be careful when you come out and you're starting to take shots at people like that and fans 
You know, you don't want to lose any fans. But the the basic, you know, sentiment of like, look, this is my life. I know what's best for me. I Baltimore is my home. I think you should be applauded for that. All right, Adam Raj has got your back. <laughs> no doubt, Adam. Now we're moving on to another segment. Matters a lot, matters a little, doesn't matter at all. So you guys got to tell me which one you think. First things first, Sonny Gray smiling as he left the mound after getting shelled. Does it matter a lot, a little, or not at all? Um, it doesn't matter. It matters a little, I mean, I guess. But what is he supposed to do? They cut Sean Kelly for throwing his damn glove. Like, sometimes you got to laugh to keep from crying, baby. Like I agree. Some nights, like with, in, with all jokes aside, some nights when I shot the ball really, really, really bad and I was feel, really feeling down about that, I would literally have to look up and just kind of smile and mm-hmm. laugh. Uh, because otherwise what I'm supposed to cry in front of all these people and right. be like, that's just what you got to do. And so somebody caught a, a shot at that. That's not a big deal. Like, um, that's true. You ever do something so badly that you just start laughing? Yeah, dude. Like we can all do all the time. All the, I mean, like every single moment of my life when I'm laughing, it's normally because I did something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so. Matters a little. No, I no, support no. it. All right. Another one matters a lot, matters a little, doesn't matter. Mello joining the Rockets. Now, this is still a report as it, of now. It doesn't matter. It doesn't because although I will make the argument that offensively, the way they play stylistically, he fits in. The ISO situations, he can spot like spot shoot. Um, it will help. And he's probably an upgrade from Luke Mbamute. Not probably. He is an upgrade from Luke Mbamute in that regard. Mm-hmm. Uh, they lose so much defensively with Trevor yeah, Reza and Luke, yeah. right? That you're you're just you're worse off in the equation with Mello minus those two. And it's not a shot at Mello. It's just you can't replace that type of wing um, versatility defensively, and it's going to hurt. So while it's not all about Mello, um, it's more about the the two that they lost. So are you on board with him being a rocket? Yeah, I'm cool with that. Like Mello, listen. I don't. I'm not. I'm not here for it. Why? I just, I'm, I think I'm a little bit over mellow. No, I hear that. I, mean, I, I mean, I, it is just like a, it's one year, 2.4 million after his buyout from the Hawks, but, um, I, I'm like a little bit sick of hearing about him. You're, so you're all over the mellow circus. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you think the circus is a factor this year? If, if Mike D'Antoni, Carmelo has started every single game of his career, he's made it known he does not want he's to gonna, come off. Who's going to start in front of him? Not Ryan Anderson. Correct. Like that. <laughs> PJ Tucker? No. If you go a little small? No. Uh, I think PJ, PJ's rolled. PJ didn't start from last year, did they? Not much. Nah. I think Mike, look, Mike, Leandro Barbosa was probably a better basketball player than I was. Like, I mean, like talent wise and what he could do with the ball and stuff yeah. like that. But I was a better fit for our starting lineup than Leandro Barbosa was. I mean, well, all right. You could have at least made the argument that he deserved like to be fighting for me with that starting position, but it was clear that I was going to start in that unit and he was going to come off the bench and do what he did. We just fit better in those roles. You know what I mean? And so. I think that Carm- I don't, I think Mike figures those things out. He's the type of coach that like, if he knows Melo needs to start, um, and there's a void at that position anyway, this is just my, I mean, I have no intimate knowledge. I haven't spoke to Mike about this, but I think Mike figures that out. I don't think it's going to be an issue. Does he start? Does he close? Does he finish? That's games? a different story. Yeah. That's a different story. And that's, that's where the maturity of Melo will come into play and we'll see what he's really about. Like, was it, is it still the Melo show or is he trying to win a, a championship into some, I guess, Hannah, kind of that's your point, right? Yeah. Like that. No, it's the Mellow Show. And I should be on board. I used to be on board with him, obviously, going to Syracuse. But um just in recent years, like, I don't know, even posting the video of him looking, you know, so good in off-season. And that, yeah. that's like it's his what thing. what he does. That's Mellow. It's what he does, right. But I, I don't know. I just, I want to see it happen. I hear you. I, I mean, at this point, he's got a lot to prove. But here's right. the deal. What people, 
forget is like last year, although he wasn't a mellow from New York, mm-hmm. none of us really expected him to be. I mean, that's all we talk about is that he's not the same player. So like you have to temper expectations. He averaged 17 points a game last year. Yeah. You know, like that's still a healthy number as a third option in the NBA. If your third option is scoring 17 a game, he's doing his job. You know, and it, 40% mm-hmm. from the field, lack of defense. Yeah, well, some, yes. How I, old was What did he shoot from the three last year? He shot uh, almost 36%. So that, I mean, that's really that's what good. I'm looking at, right? Like, you give me 36 to 40% from the three line as my third option. You're getting 17 a game for two and a half million dollars. Now, last year he might not have made his money, right. but if, if you're going to do that for me this year, two and a half million dollars, God bless you. Mm-hmm. All right. Another one here. So timing of games matters a lot, matters a little, doesn't matter at all. So Steelers owner Art Rooney, the second said here's what he said quote the thing that concerns me about our attendance is more related to our schedule i would rather not have as many night games last year we had three home night games almost in a row i just don't think our fans want to do that anymore does this matter um not to me (laughs) (laughs) i could care less um what i will say is it is really, really cold down there on that river in Pittsburgh. I went up to see the Hurricanes. I took my two boys to see Pittsburgh play last year mm-hmm. against the Hurricanes. It was late season. That was around Thanksgiving. Yeah, but it was a nice day. Sun was out. But when when it started, when the sun crept behind the stadium and there was no more sun on us in there, boy, it got really uncomfortable really quick. And the Canes got their ass whooped, which was made it even more unlikable. But – like I get over it, dude. Like you own you own the damn Steelers. You're Art Rooney. You play it. Like get over it. Who gives it? Did our fans about a six thousand fan difference from non prime time versus prime time? But I imagine these the seats at that stadium are like grandfathered in, right? I'm, am I speaking out of turn here? Like sounds right. It's hard to get season tickets for I don't that. Recognize the team on that side of the state. I, no, I got there? you. I got you. But yeah, what well, I guess my point is, even if the six thousand fans aren't coming, the seats are probably still sold, right? Yeah, they're sold. Well, you, you give a damn, uh, or whatever your name <laughs> so, is. So, wait, Debo, do you care? Do you think it matters? No, I was just going to ask, right? Like, as a, as a father with three kids that are into sports, does it matter? Would you rather go to a one o'clock? Yeah, absolutely. You're taking them to a Canes game, yes. a, a 12 o'clock game or an eight o'clock primetime game. Yeah, it does affect my ability, especially on Sunday nights when kids have school. Like, Saturday nights aren't as bad because we could sleep in Sunday and stuff like that. And even still, like when the Canes played at home last year, like my six-year-old, I didn't want to take him to the night games, the big televised Notre Dame games and stuff that. like that because those – that game. Yeah, they're sleeping in my lap during the game. But on a Sunday night, all jokes aside, it would affect whether I could bring my kids and the – and. Yeah, but I like night games. Yeah, but They're I guess fun to watch. I think on yeah. TV, not every the week. The atmosphere, yeah, that's right. his point, right? Three like weeks it, in a row, prime yeah. time is tough. From a player's perspective, did well, you have a preference? When you played? No, dude, player, I want to be in prime time. Yeah. Like, I, as a player, I, like, prime, I get, that's the thing, right? Like, it might suck for your attendance, but if they're putting you up in prime time, number that's one, if I'm you're saying. the owner, you got, that's pretty damn You cool. might have had a couple of those Sunday 12 o'clock noon games. Those, those were tough. Rough. Those were the tough ones. Those were the tough ones because you, you didn't have the same amount of time to recover, if you will. And then they just do your schedule off, generally speaking. But no, players want to be in prime time. I mean, that's why you I play mean, the, the game. Bills would gladly take some prime time games. There you go. Honestly. You'll get there eventually. <laughs> Um, something that we're going to see in prime time yeah. during Thanksgiving weekend. Tiger Ooh. versus Phil just announced today, just came out. Your immediate reaction. Those two sets to meet for $10 million on the line. Tiger, you better not Thanksgiving lose, weekend. Bro. This is another one. You I've been on. Me. What? Tiger better not lose, Hannah. I've said that if he withdraws from another tournament, then I'm off the bandwagon. Mm-hmm. If he loses to Phil. Phil's a damn good golfer, so I mean he could very easily lose to Phil. But you've either had to pick, like in my lifetime, as a golf fan, like you were either Tiger, Team Tiger, or Team Phil. So like, 
Tiger, you better whoop his ass. That's what I know. You better, you better come out there and play some damn golf. I don't care what you do in the, in the, in the Bridgestone today at Firestone. Like, I am going to be tuned in. I don't give a damn about that. Don't care how you finish the FedEx Cup. I don't care if you were a captain's pick for the Ryder Cup. I don't care about none of that. You better whoop Phil's ass. <laughs> how big will this event be? I how locked be, in will you be? Right? It's going to be huge. I'm going to take off work. I'm sick right now. <laughs> I, I'm coming down with a little, <laughs> little something. During said Thanksgiving. That. So are you, are you going to be locked in this weekend, though? Tiger yeah. Watch, uh, Bridgestone, the final year at Firestone Country Club in Akron. He's had great success here. It's the place of his last PGA Tour victory, but that was back in 2013. Yeah. For, what time was Tiger today? 1030. Uh, I'm leaving here. Hopefully I'm going right when back. You guys are listening to this. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, I, I'll be tuned in, dude. Like, first of all, um, it's a fantastic, like Firestone is just a great club. Uh, I got a chance to play there with like the Cavs. Um, like the Cavs did like their, their golf tournament there and it's just, it's beautiful. And Tiger's got a great history there. The fans up there are great. Um, it's probably, it's going to be beautiful out there today. So I'll be tuned in and I want to see, you know, he hasn't won. Um, but he's been knocking on the door and I feel like the game is rounding into shape. And more importantly, like the, his mental is kind of rounding into shape. He's mm-hmm. starting to get a grasp on exactly what he needs to do to finish some things out. And the, the, the open championship, I think was another hurdle, uh, that he had to get over. So hopefully he comes out and he looks good today. And I will be locked in to answer your question. You'll yes. Be locked in. Hannah, I know is locked into our only topic of the day. <laughs> we only have one topic because it is a big one. And it's the follow-up to the Tristan Thompson, Draymond Green drama. And the update is Draymond now saying and sending out an IG story. I've enjoyed y'all stories and talk shows over the past couple of days. Them joints inaccurate, though. <laughs> Them I joints. carry on my good people. They might want to cancel that parade, Sue. And then he adds, nah, keep the parade. That city won't have any for a while. I forgot that Bron left and that. That parade was going to be for Tristan Thompson for punching Draymond Green. Ultimately, what do we think happens? We've heard a couple sides of it now. We haven't heard from Tristan. We have heard from Draymond. We've heard from reporters and people that might have been at the event. There's no way we're hearing from anyone. They don't owe us anything. Nobody has to tell us anything. I do think it's wild that... LeBron and Katie were the ones to apparently break this fight up. Uh, like that's that's the craziest. How is there not footage? It's twenty eighteen. Yeah, how is there not footage? I I completely agree with that. Um, if I had to guess what happened there, um, I would. Uh, I think he hit him. I do. I do. What kind of hit? I, I think, think it, I could see Tristan hitting him. Too. I think it was a snuff. Like I don't think it was like a true like. Like, like cock right back and catch you clean on the chin because all reports were that Draymond didn't go down either that or Tristan's fists are made of glass. Um, so I chin. think it was one of those where they were like, if you're apologizing to somebody, you're probably up like really close to him. So you didn't get enough range to like cock back and throw a real punch. If this is just me kind of making up a scenario in my head. So I think kind of snuffed him, like kind of just shoved his chin with his, yeah. with his fist and, and, um, that could be true because like we talked and I said neither one was like built like that. Mm-hmm. And a snuff is kind of in line with that. Like you snuff somebody when you really don't want to try to tear their jaw off its hinges. That's true. You and always so, like Tristan Thompson too. Tristan is a good dude, man. I spent time with Tristan. Don't know Draymond like that, although he's annoying as all hell. Um, <laughs> I don't, but I don't no, know. I'm going to take just, your word the, on this though. The, the character that he plays, like I played a character sometimes, mm-hmm. like, and I was annoying as hell to a lot of people. He's annoying as hell to me. Tristan, I know, and he's a good dude. So why didn't Draymond Green shake his hand? Why, why, why don't you think he should? I'd be, like, let's talk <laughs> I know, about that. I know, that, some I know that Draymond said, like, we're not cut the same. 
That's Correct. what he said when he was defending himself. And what was he alluding to when they're not cut from the same cloth? Like, <laughs> I had a please. couple thoughts, yes. but I know I'm wrong. I was thinking he was maybe defending, um, you know, what's going on in Tristan's personal life. You think he was from, but defending But that is Chloe. what I was just wishing and hoping. I don't yeah. think that that's right. Yeah, you might. I, I don't know. Can you imagine if I was right? That would be that would and be like a huge. And like Draymond breathing Khloe Kardashian run off in the sunset together. <laughs> it's not happening. But I was <laughs> just saying, I thought originally like Fantastic. maybe it had something to do with his personal life or what was happening. Like Listen, off the court. so Tristan, Tristan and Chloe had a baby, right? Yeah. Yes. So with this beef, you're talking about Tristan running off with Chloe and raising Tristan's child and at literally like Draymond running off. I mean, Dr- yeah. Draymond, Draymond running no, off I'm with totally Tristan. No, I'm totally joking. That's, that's no, but that's fascinating stuff though. <laughs> this is all like, speculation. We want to make that clear. <laughs> this is all speculation. I really, I don't understand why didn't he shake his hand? Why? I, don't, I really don't. I think was they it just, just because he was listen, he was being. I, I think he plays that. Self. I think he plays that character on the court. I think. They've been in so many finals against each other and there's been bad blood and there's been a lot of stuff talking. Like there's a woofing going on mm-hmm. like in the tunnels, in locker rooms, like on the buses. Like these cats are jawing all the time. I think, you know, he's just like, I'm not shaking your hand, bro. All right. I'm sticking with my conspiracy theory then. I like yours better. I gotta be honest. I, I think, I think he's throwing shade. When he said we're not cut the same, I was like, Oh, he's, he's totally slamming his personal life. He's totally. <laughs> That's what I thought. I I'm think, sorry. That's what I, I thought. I don't think it's that deep, but it would be. But, um, it, I'm telling you, it's a better story if it was. I do like the idea of. Uh, I'm not really a fan of Tristan, but I, I like what you're saying. Like I'd be Team Tristan in this battle. But if this report is true, Draymond has to come out and say that because you can't be Draymond Green, the the guy in the NBA, the heel, the character, yeah. and be the guy that gets punched by the guy that's not cut the same Tristan Thompson. Right. This is a bigger conversation. Like if I'm Kevin Durant. Like if I'm Draymond and I, if I'm Draymond and I get smacked by Tristan Thompson and he punches me, my teammate better not hold me back. Not in a night, not in a game, maybe because I don't want to get suspended. Right. But if I get punched and I'm on my feet and you see me going to get back in the in the mix, do not hold me back, dog. Like <laughs> maybe LeBron can hold Tristan back or try to hold me back, mm-hmm. but I need my get back, dog. And to your point, I'm Draymond. Like I can't just roll out of here without getting one back. Don't, 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 don't grab me, bro. No, that's true. Why wasn't anyone there? Where, this was an ESPY's after party. At, but at a nightclub at LeBron. I mean, it was probably fairly exclusive, but. Uh. No, there were definitely people there. Listen, if people can get the footage they got of Tristan Thompson in other nightclubs, they could get this footage of Tristan Thompson in this nightclub. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Is it, uh, is it time the city of Cleveland stops throwing parades like this? They did the Browns for going 0 16. Now they're going to throw one outside of Quicken Loans Arena on October 13th at 3.10 p.m. Eastern time due to the 3-1 series lead that the, the Warriors blew a couple years back. For Tristan Thompson. This is a real thing? It's a real thing. Yeah, no, they're really having a parade. Yeah, Cleveland, you need to stop. No, it's getting sad. It's getting sad. 2016. bro. I think it's kind of funny. The Browns was kind of funny, you know, jumping to a lake. The city of Jim Trestle got fired, right? The city of Cleveland kind of reminds me of the city of Buffalo. There's not much going on. And so I support, like, any reason for a parade. You know, why not? I got you. So Why not? All right. What else are they going to do? Have it. You lost LeBron. Like, do what you need to do. All right. Well, we're back on our pod game. Let us know how we Yee. did. We'll be doing it again tomorrow. Hannah. Can we five-star Q&A tomorrow? Yes. Yes. Five-star no good ones, right? Uh, I haven't seen them yet, but y'all better get we some good We could ones. add some more. Send them in. Apple Podcasts, five-star review. Leave a question. We will answer it on the podcast tomorrow. If you want to cater it towards Raja. Yes. Ask him some embarrassing questions. No, ask you guys some questions. Anybody got questions no, for these two? Add those. I'll, I'll fire away. Yeah, right. Um, anyway, thanks for hanging out, guys. See you guys tomorrow. It's good to have you back. Uh, this has been Off the Bench with... Bell and Bell. A stop check. <laughs> the Veradinas. 
no Canel and Bell. Um, go follow us, subscribe, all that on iTunes or wherever you get your, your podcast. Thanks again, guys. Bye.